Oh, well, he'll grow up sometime. But at 15, 15, 15... I'm Luke, and I'm joined by Dan. Hello. You, you know it's a visual now. They can see you rolling your eyes. Yes. What's the yes. matter? You upset or are you set? No, I just feel we should have just included that little bit there. That was cute. It's funny. You vomit saying the word cute. What are we doing here, Luke? Tell all, please. What was cute? The bit that I was drinking the bottle like a lamb's udder? Yeah. A lamb. The whole... There's some very small lambs. <laughs> Is this something at the teeth of another lamb? There's the voice. <laughs> you said you weren't going to do it. Welcome to the podcast. Dead air. <laughs> Welcome to the What's podcast the podcast about, Luke? Where oh. we where we review the first 15 minute of films to make that <laughs> Netflix film choice a little bit easier. Probably should have wrote some down, shouldn't I? Uh, Dan, how have you been? <laughs> Yeah, really loving our Netflix Dan films this week. Has, believe it or not, Dan has got a girlfriend. <laughs> can't believe it. Absolutely can't believe what the words are coming out of my mouth. I know. She met you through this as well. She's called Martha. Oh, I just banged it. <laughs> Sorry. Martha. <laughs> That's good. Um, it's nice that they work. If you knock the table, these mics are quite good. They don't pick it up it. But if you actually say, oh, not to, it will actually pick that bit up. So maybe don't do that next time. Okay. Uh, also, a quick mention, I do look particularly um, her suit today and quite unkempt. Uh, my razor broke and I decided to... Sorry, super glue it. <laughs> have you been hanging out with Woody Allen? What? Her suit. <laughs> <laughs> what went into the... That's not a particularly highfalutin word, is it? Yes. <laughs> Hairy, okay, unkempt, grizzly. Her suit. Um, the... My God. Well, that was a really general word. It actually did. Can you hear all those audience members turning off? I'll stop you. Right. I tried to super groom my la- race back to <laughs> Derry Kakora. Uh, I'm getting a Mary. <laughs> my God. Um, right. They know what it's about. They're here. Right, let's go. You're not gonna give me are you not gonna give the listeners one little peek behind the curtain at your girlfriend, please. By, by the next episode, she might not be here. So we might have to it's use true. it now. She's fantastic. How about that? What? Yeah. I think you're gonna say something about fandango then. Oh, don't don't, don't give too much away about her. Did you? Um, okay, Dan, last week we decided to watch the Guns Akimbo. We did. Um Guns. Akimbo. I... <laughs> <laughs> I thought that Guns Akimbo was uh, painfully unfunny. Oh, I thought you liked it. Cheap and not edgy or cool and just uh, extremely frustrating, really. Um, what about you, Dan? Got any initial thoughts? I thought 
Um, now I've put my phone up against the laptop, so my like eyes are looking same? there. It's slightly more discreet than having okay. you, you like you know um, you like a twenty twenty one rapper. Have you seen these guys that do it with their phones in front of them? They're going like no. firing the bo- firing the booth. I don't exist anymore because Charlie Chesloff's gone off. But I don't know what that is. Where the rappers do the freestyling. Okay. But you're big. But you're big in your grind. Um, I thought it was a silly idea and somewhat dull from the start, but I felt that the ramp up in tempo, because it did go up a lot after that. When we watched it, I was like, my God, this is slow. And then she just starts hunting him and it was like, okay, well, we're moving. Well, um, at that point, it managed to hold my attention. Well, something I'd say on that is it did remind me of that. It's coming to fashion, that sort of kinetic filmmaking, like the Safety mm-hmm. brothers have done that. You remember Uncut Gems? Yeah. Yeah, that they did that and they did good time stuff. Oh, I thought you'd seen Uncle Gems. <laughs> no. Yeah. I got vibes of Edgar Wright That's merged with Tarantino. Yeah. In his... Me too. It was exquisite. Is what that's what <laughs> <laughs> no, a poor How man. How do you mean? Like sort of arcade? In just a, just a quick shot, the moving, the sort of zany offbeatness of Edgar Wright, coupled mm-hmm. with this quite sort of gratuitous... Mm-hmm. Um, violence of Tarantino and making that part of the film, quite a deliberate mm-hmm. part. Like I've so I've just been watching the last couple of films of his. I watched with Kill Bill, and it's very much in keeping with that. It felt like he'd been watching that. Um, what's his name? Jason Lee Howden, the director. Yeah, writer director. Um, he didn't have a Wikipedia page, so he's come from absolutely nowhere for this. But I tell you what, I, I didn't like it. I appreciate that it stuck to its convictions. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He was happily poised itself in the margins. Uh, I thought it just yeah. stayed absolutely mental. <laughs> yeah, was I just it was batty. And because of that, and he'll find an audience for that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I um, felt though an audience that I don't in... want to socialise with whatsoever, but it will find an audience <laughs> nevertheless. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a s- certain type of person, and I don't actually think Daniel Radcliffe is that type of person. I think the people that. Uh, you you know you know the people who are watching the stream. You got all these sort of weird and wonderful oh, characters. You oh, just yeah, yeah yeah they're the same yeah, they're watching know, the film. Yeah, yeah they're the people. That's who they are. Not Daniel Radcliffe. I actually thought Daniel Radcliffe was quite good. Um, you used it in the um, thingy last week. He said anemic, and that's definitely the word for him. But I thought he got the humour. There were some points where I found he was quite funny. Uh, oh, I think in he's it. a good performer. I like Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, this is just not the film. To use as a barometer to say is he a good actor or not, right? Because no, he, but I think he can for, do a good for the role. Accent. I already knew. That. Yeah, no, I think he, he, I think he actually retained the integrity of that role in as much as you could. Um, but I do think the film overall was quite clunky, and yeah. it didn't have any real depth to it. I think that that um, was what I was, was going to pick up on there was definitely the what what was the motive for the baddies. Like not like an anti-establishment thing, not like no. a wealthy viewership, like something that makes, I know we mentioned Dark Knight all the time, but it's just a film that we sort of, it's in our Venn diagram. Of yeah, I world, think it's fantastic. Is the Joker has a motive going through that. And even if it's mm. just a maniac, that's sort of his motive, the whole, what some people just want to watch the world. But there's sort burn. of a, like, yeah, yeah. Um, you mean Shamed just want to watch the world burn. Uh, also, it's... The it kid was playing with a ruby as big as an ostrich egg. Bastard have been flying the things away. You know, see, Master Bruce. Some of us just want to watch the whole Us? <laughs> Sorry, I mean. <laughs> um, 
Uh, does he actually say that? No, he says some men, doesn't he? Just says, some men just want to watch the world band, not um, us. When you start to dislike a film, you do notice gigantic plot holes, don't you? Mm. And this offered some of them up. I just think I would have preferred more moments of light and shade. It was all mm. quite one note. That's good. Um, thanks. It's <laughs> um, good, though. Yeah, the, the bit where... Uh, can we give spoilers in this one? Yeah. You know where he sh- the dad gets shot? That Oh, yeah, that was good. It was good, and then they just made a joke out of it, and I sort of thought, okay, but that was a real... that Whilst that's quite an obvious plot point and we have a story we've seen quite uh, numerous times, that's the very obvious point to make it a little bit darker, a little bit more, you know, soul-reaching and poignant, that view. And they didn't, so mm. we're just back to another joke. Do you know what I mean? If you're going to be, it wasn't original. So if you're not going to be original, you at least have to try and capture me some way rather than just being like full on. <laughs> um, just... Which captures your attention, but doesn't necessarily do enough to make it a good film. It's just a, a bloodfest film, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. That sort of links into what I was going to say. It's just very much a sort of hit spong galaxy brain sort of aesthetics over style of substance, basically. Yeah. Um... I mean, I give it a 6.5. But I think actually oh, that's li- quite, that's talking, quite generous. thinking back, I'd probably drop it down to a six. Um, uh, because, I, you yeah, know, I know it wasn't, it. I don't think it was a five. I don't think it was a, I don't think it was neutral. I think it had better quality. Well, it kept my attention. So that's surely something, but. Yeah. And I was kind of laughing probably at the wrong part. Yeah. There were some little bits that were quite funny. Actually, although it was just filled with like DVD actors, and it was a huge point where I was just saying, where the hell are the police during the entire (laughs) where where are the police yeah when he shot that guy where yeah he shot that police officer where was his mate there was one weird bit though when it slowed down about 50 minutes from the end it slowed down and the chemistry finally came through between the leads that was actually I had to literally turn for a second because I watched it with Claudia and I went oh my god this actually got good and then it turned instantly bad again Exactly. She the gimp mask guy. Me. What did you think about that? Oh, I can't Who's the gimp mask guy? Go with the horse gimp mask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I reckon he just showed up to set. Do you know what I mean? He just wrote him into the script. I don't think there was a script. I think it moved. Really. It was almost video game, wasn't it, actually? More that, than comic book. Yeah, I think that was by design, though, wasn't it? Yeah, no, just, yeah. I don't know if I used comic book, but probably... Yeah, I know what you mean, like graphic would novel. Would re-edit myself. Yeah, I, know what you mean. I don't even know graphic novel, though. I think No, but you said it's, it's more than that, as in it's more. Yeah, yeah. Sort of game yeah. console vibes. I got that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those films where I'm not going to watch it again, but I've watched the, I think the films. title was better than the film. <laughs> was that because that's the name was given to that? What happened in the end as well? Didn't he then start to fight crimes? Yeah. What a shit ending. <laughs> because there was a great bit. It was a good line where he goes, um, where they have like that kind of fever dream of them two getting together and snogging. And then he goes, No, that didn't happen. That's called oh. paranormal shock or something. He says, When when your girlfriend your ex-girlfriend sees you bludgeon a man to death with guns, oh, she doesn't yeah. get with you, she gets PTSD. I quite liked that kind of idea. Yeah, it and was then they just shoot, went, it was shooting for those jokes all the time. There were a lot of them missed. There was yeah. way more misses. But he should have died. He shouldn't have then. Oh, but how many films have we said that about? If Soul, yeah. if he had just ended and it's fallen, that would be one of the best films of the I was say of the Ever. decade, because it's a small decade. But Ever. seriously, be, what so an incredible good. ending that would have been. Oh, well, for kids and everything. 
What? Always no. I, mean, like a, I think it's more that. important for kids to think about death and engage with that than girl. Oh, when you get when you die, you just reincarnate as a cat. Where are these Meow. kids from? <laughs> these kids need special attention. Um, this is my audition for cats. <laughs> Probably would have got in to the latest <laughs> film satire. I haven't even seen it. Jumping on the bandwagon. Um, okay. <laughs> You've seen right, it, yeah? so we Have talk about this Cats? week's film. You've seen it, yes. You? It's a musical, of course, you've seen it. Horrendous, all over it. absolutely horrendous. Um, right, worst thing I've ever seen. So, first till tonight, up, first film up is is Sam Mendes' is, uh, 1917. Which how would you how would you write that? Would you do Sam Mendes' apostrophe S or would you just do Sam Mendes' apostrophe? Just apostrophe, yeah, correct. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I was about to say what only one of us did uh, English at university, but you know you know what happened to my English degree at university. <laughs> That's where it wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't die on that hill. <laughs> um, has to leave. Strongly, <laughs> <laughs> it was the moment where you back. got. It was the moment you got thirty nine percent or whatever you do, and your indignation that they wouldn't let you come back despite. Oh, in, in doing the, fuck all in the grand scheme of things, it's it, it turned out well. Okay, you were and like think, you were like um, Charlie. You know where he's that. You know that meme of Charlie, Charlie from finger. no from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he's oh, crazy right. and he's pointing at the maps. This is where she oh, is. Oh right, that it's, meme. Uh, Pepe Silvia. You're like that guy. You're like that when you were doing your highlighting. I only need to learn this sentence here. <laughs> here, right, nineteen seventeen. <laughs> It won Best Cinematography. Oh. It was up for picture. 124 years ago. Director. No, 104 years ago. Five. Hmm. Did you realise it was 2022? Oh, no, four. Sorry. Do you know how it's even doubly worse what I did then? I thought you meant 1914, and I still thought that was five years ago. That's <laughs> not even five years ago. A hundred and five. Oh, whatever. Right. <laughs> uh, Dan, what did you make of this film? Uh, well, I think it's better if you talk about it first because I've already seen this film. So this was a second time viewing for me. Mm. Uh, we are going to have to start doing that more on the podcast now because we just can't make ourselves watch Guns of Kimbo every week. One of us is going to have to have seen a film sometimes. Uh, so it Sorry. started... <laughs> is that what this podcast is turning into? Guns of Kimbo and... <laughs> it's a new name, working title. Um Oh, we need to get interviews. <laughs> anyway, um, it felt weighty and cinematic. I felt like mm-hmm. I was actually in a cinema to start with, yeah. which was nice. Uh, and then, um, because it's a fluid shot journey sort of film, mm-hmm. which I think how somebody described it in all the press, <laughs> was <laughs> is you have to get the exposition out straight away. Otherwise, you're following them for so long and they're just doing that whole, you know... <laughs> 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 do you reckon it's Keep good going, podcast? Do you, do you think it's good podcast etiquette to have the window wide open in the middle of the countryside? And your dog screaming his head off. Screaming? Imagine anyway. if he did scream. <laughs> Bar. Ah, my dog. Um, the dog is incredibly bright. Weighty exposition. You've got you know, to get it out it, because otherwise like, you spend the whole time doing have exposition you dialogue. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And the start of Pulp Fiction, which is obviously them talking about railway cheese and stuff, burgers. Loads of films have tried to start films that way. Do you know what I mean? Loads of films mm-hmm. have had to start films that way. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that was 
Pulitzer Prize winning film analysis there. You really started at the top. It was weighty. I felt like I was in the cinema and really dived off. Um, so I forgive the exhibition for being a bit clunky, but uh, I tell you, it was nice to have a bit of a who's who of um, British, British actors. actors. You'd like that. Yeah, I did. It's All a very films. much an acting-y film, I think. You know, it's mm. a film for actors. We said that about Dunkirk, did I? Yes, we did. See, the people have never seen this. Uh, yeah. Well, we should Dunkirk. mention this is for people that actually listen, because... I mean, there's actually an okay amount of people that actually listen to this incredibly, but there will not be anyone that watches it. So I don't know why we alienating the people that listen. <laughs> get 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 busy listening or get busy watching. What? Is that the quote? When Andy Dufresne came to Shawshank, I remember thinking, that's a tall drink of water. Uh, what's going on um, with your camera? It keeps focusing on me, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's awful. Um, I bought these cameras, by the way, for Dan. Okay, how's your microphone? Yeah, fair enough. Touche. Um, I, I put bored. I put bored, yeah. I think about about nine minutes I was bored. It felt a bit repetitive. And I think because it's such, I mean, in this country, anyway, it's such a topic that has been... Brexit means Brexit. <laughs> such a topic that has been widely covered. I sort of understand how hard it is, understand how difficult it is, how, how long the trenches were. Do you know what I mean? I understand how dirty everything is. How long were they? Oh, it's a piece of string, then, you know. It's just sometimes the questions you've got to answer. Um, yeah, I agree with you there that there was quite some quite obvious politics. I, uh, sort of the idea of general like donkeys leading the army, you know, the whole generals being stupid and not listening to the men. There was all of that. You got that very quickly in those 15 minutes. Donkeys leading the army. Yeah, have you not heard that? The generals are donkeys and there was yeah, lots what's of... Yeah, the phrase? Kind of... That's not... There's a I lot of poetry during the wars. I'm sure it was a bit nicer than No, that. this is in like the kind of pulp um, cartoons and satirists at the time that they were using the idea that the army was being led by donkeys. That okay. Hague is just... They, that's why Trent... Especially World War One, because it was just so... Oh, send the men over the top. Didn't work. Do it again. Speaking of degrees, Dan did a history one. If you're not going with that. But I agree with you that uh, the two leads actually start out very annoying, especially Blake, the fat one. Especially fatty. My only comment, my brother. My only comment. (laughs) (laughs) My only comment to that is: uh, is it deliberate? And I put a question mark there. I think that may. Oh, somebody's seen the film before. (laughs) <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, to bet he picked up when Andrew Scott came on screen. Yeah, and it does build. It does he's very, build. Very good, isn't he? And that, I think, what's most impressive when you've seen the whole film is that single shot, fluid, you know, hmm. camera style. To use your words, mm-hmm. um, yeah, does yeah. become very impressive the longer you go on. And to be fair, uh, this is a, say this is a two-hour film. We've seen an eighth of a film mm-hmm. that's very much one shot. It's actually quite hard to critique. Uh, so yeah. we didn't do it very well. Uh, <laughs> Some I about to say but the, I did this. think the production and sense of place is exemplary. Um, I do think you get that. Okay, yeah, you might read into it and go, oh, that's boring. I've seen that before. But it, I think it's accurate. Uh, <laughs> uh, would you watch this film you already have? Uh, I. This is the thing. It's an Oscar film, and I should have got around to it by now, because I, but I'm so fed up of war films. Like, God, it's dreaded, isn't it? Yeah, but war I think films. this is a good war film. 
Uh, I would I would urge you to power through with it. What's a war film that it's comparatively good as? Makes sense. Uh, point Break. Um, um, sorry, just got an important but if, text to break the podcast off about someone needing a hot water bottle. <laughs> Do you guess you'd have to get that. And anyway, we're back. Um, you couldn't see the edit point there. <laughs> Um, what did you ask me? Uh, comparable. Um, have you seen Dunkirk? Yes. Got bored. Is it's that, better is that, than Dunkirk. Got bored with Dunkirk. Yeah, but this is a lot better than Dunkirk. It just always feels a bit... Maybe I'm just... I sort of uh, uh, reject this stuff anyway, but it just all feels a little bit... Rule Britannia. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, oh, yeah. And I think God. that is... I think your point about it over here it being rammed down your throat from a young age is certainly true oh, we did it at GCSE we did it at year nine. Yeah. it's just constant and yeah the kind of patriotic jingoism of British mm. people towards the war which is totally irrelevant is incredibly annoying but mm-hmm. um, I think the war um, in this film is good not good but enjoyable it's an enjoyable war film um, so moving on to Next film, the next then, one. we have got uh, the most Woody <laughs> Allen title film ever, A Rainy Day in New York. Yeah. Uh, Woody Allen. Where do you stand on Woody Allen? Because, I mean, cancel culture... His throat? <laughs> cancel culture <laughs> has meant that like, his latest film, nobody would touch it, like he yeah. touched his daughter. Um... <laughs> Sunni Previn and all them. That's his wife, isn't it? He's his yeah, adopted, his adopted daughter. Yeah, he's like forty years younger than you or something. Um, I put very wordy as my first note, and then yeah. you came in with "fuck me, it's pretentious." <laughs> yeah, it is. But he's sort of like he's like upper state Tarantino. Do you know what I mean? Like upper state New York. In That's terms, of his, in terms of his dialogue, uh... it's just oh right yeah, now, you could. It sounds dated as hell because it's just it's Woody mm. Allen. But, oh, my God, yeah. coming through You could the see him sat there on his typewriter, writer, couldn't you? You could see him sat there typing out that speech of him. I'm from... I went to Yardley. I already got caught out of my class and all that. You know, just whatever. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's very eye-rolling. But I was enjoying it. You were You were very much... Um, Timothy Shalomay. Well, let's deal with Timothy Shalomay's character to begin with. Okay. I feel there's two different parts of this. So whenever he's on screen, apart from the last... The last thing which we'll probably will get to. Uh, yeah. He's incredibly annoying. He's so punchable. It's crazy. Only towards the end yeah, of 15 but... minutes, when he also meets someone very annoying, I actually start to think, Probably oh, worse than him. Oh, yeah. I think Woody Allen knows what he's doing. I think Woody Allen is making himself sort of this eight, 18, 19-year-old who thinks they're very worldy, but is going to get reality checks along the way. Well, I think surely that's, that's the name of the title. And doesn't that play so nicely against her? I don't know. Are you, I think, did you pull up her name. Dakota oh, Fanning. say her name again. <laughs> Dakota Fanning. He said it all the way through the film. I couldn't hear the film because he was just screaming Dakota Fanning at me. <laughs> My agent. Or was that's it his get, dog? That's how I get a word. <laughs> um, um, but you know what I mean? Cool. When it first started, it felt like... Um, what did I write here? It felt like it was written by an 80-year-old New Yorker with the naivete of a 24-year-old writing Sorry. his first screenplay in a Starbucks. I said, you know what, write what you Did want. you deliberately say naivete? 
Oh, naivete. Is that to go with naivete. your pursuit performance uh, picture? Do they? <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? Like people like visualize and write what they want in their first screenplay. Everything just falls into place. That's mm-hmm. how they start. What the hell happened to my oh. camera then? Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where did my chin go? You didn't like that comment a second ago. They're watching. What is going on with your camera? It is not. I don't know. Stop. Mine's tripping <laughs> out and yours is fucking doing something. I don't know. Just let's see. Language. We can sort it out in the uh, in the edit, whatever you called, in post. Uh, but anyway, when he comes off the screen, we haven't actually done it. Go to Fanning is great. Dakota Fanning has got an interview with a filmmaker in New York. He follows her. She's a she's a reporter, journalist, whatever. Yeah, starting out. Yeah, and he uh, thinks he's a culture vulture. He's very pretentious. He reads, but not just what the school wanted to read. You know he doesn't I mean? like, care what Beowulf does. Yeah, with Gilbert or whatever. <laughs> oh, I haven't told you. It was Mister's birthday. It was Mister. It was Mister's <laughs> birthday. He's got a new. He's got his own teddy called Gilbert. <laughs> yes, he is it a smaller fox? He rapes him constantly. <laughs> it's some sort of bush baby thing. I don't know what it is, but it's absolutely shaking. It's sh- <laughs> so it just shakes. <laughs> it's not like, a bit flippant like, with the word <laughs> rape there. <laughs> it does though. Mr. Absolutely flings him around and says, Fucking Gilbert. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> He's done it I think every we, single We've night. alienated a few people there. <laughs> well the rape came up so the, the staunch Woody Allen support is already gone um, <sighs> right anyway Tim of Shalom leaves because the code of finding has this interview with the filmmaker who's like it's that Liev Sheba guy from some Wes Anderson films and uh, that's a fantastic scene or the X-Men trilogy for those oh who is he in X-Men uh, he plays a guy called Sabretooth well, I, I recognise that one. He's like Wolverine's counterpart, but the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, supposedly. <laughs> supposedly. Why don't you not believe it? I don't know the comic book lore well enough, but they um, were in some films. I think this is what not people commonly refer to as we're entering a lull. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought Timothy Chalamet, despite being very pretentious and playing it so... I th- it's got to be a little bit tongue-in-cheek, right? I was laughing. It was coarse. It was dry. It was sarcastic. Have you seen Woody Allen's recent films? I don't know if it was tongue-in-cheek. It's the thing I don't... I don't really know if it was tongue-in-cheek. Like well, I was just, laughing at it, so that was my response How similar is that character? It. That's like a younger version of Owen Wilson's character in um, Midnight in Paris. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Someone who else yeah. is very word-reedy. Reedy? What's the word I'm looking for? Wordy? That's it. <laughs> Um, but you know what I mean? It, it, it's just sort of that. And you bring... <laughs> right, what do you want to say about this film? I thought it had a good tempo, uh, and I thought uh, she was great. Uh, when she was on screen, it was what enjoyable. What's she called? Uh, Dakota Fanning. And uh, when I think the film has to be about her. I hope it's about her. I hope it follows her. And it's her... Uh, relationship comparable to him why don't you keep looking up at somebody I'm going to shut that window just give me one second okay uh, let me ask another question I'll start to talk about that final scene okay so for those as a point of reference it was like when uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman comes in in um, the talented Mr Ripley in that this incredibly like twat of a character 
just yeah, is on well. screen, but they're played. It's such, they just, it's just double down. It's just a performance of just no holes barred. They're not trying to make this guy nuanced in any way. He's Did just you straight he looked, up. He looked like a younger version of Archie from Balamori. Well, I said Philip Seymour Hoffman, actually. He was throwing out a real huge vibes for me of that in The Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, that's way too much. Um, yeah, but yes, he does look like, I'm Archie, the inventor. I know how things are done. I can make absolutely anything. It's a it? It is. It's um, fun. But Take yeah, a no, box he's, he's and a... some string and some yogurt pots. You've got a car. <laughs> that's why he got sacked as a mechanic. This is just a total rocket. I just want to piston change it. All you've done is put the yogurt all over my engine. Um, <laughs> no, but it, it's obviously was meant to be incredibly negative and bitchy, and just he thought it was better than everyone. Really, Reese said, uh, "Well, not really sanctimonious is the right word, but just a, like you said, just a twat, an absolute twat <laughs> of a character." And it did make Tim Vishalme look a little bit more human. But isn't isn't that maybe that's the kind of angle that he's driving at? I don't know. I've not seen the rest of the film, but that all these characters are such extremes and such that then Dakota Fanning looks normal and seems and and it enhances her, doesn't it? It raises her up. Well, that was the point of it of her character, the whole sort of corn fed from uh, where's she from? She's from Tucson, isn't she? Arizona, uh, did she yeah. say? Yeah, and everyone else is like that New York cannibal you know what i mean like you just want to cannibalize other people's success and it's all about you and your sort of uh, well after we have this scene with Lee schreiber right so they're talking about family and it's kind of quite normal actually and she mentioned she's from arizona we then get this thing of a little in a monologue of timothy chalamet saying how new york is you you know the fast pace and all that and exactly that highlighting exactly what you were just saying i will be fell in front of your screen i will be what is going on with you today i will be interested to see how the relationships develop because the perv that is Woody Allen very much likes to have these intertwining sort of sexual characters. Gomez. And so when he when they had when he sort of pitched like the complete innocence of the Cord Fanning's character in the interview scene. Who's right? With Lee Shebra. Like he was just so composed and knew himself and was actually someone who was actually the man in the film and all the other people came across as boys. And he talked about other people who are going to be moving into this film. It's quite malleable. I'm quite interested to see where that goes. As long as you like that through... shot, didn't you? I, d- I did. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yes. I, did like this. I don't know how to really describe that shot. It's quite an inconse- inconsequential shot, but it just felt Intrigued. relatively in- innovative for Woody Allen at his geriatric age. That's all. It's refocusing a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe Looks like it's moving. Position. Thank God you've touched with all the settings. Just the brightness. No, the saturation. I'm literally blue here and you're yellow. It reminds (laughs) me of, you can have these for your PlayStation and I used to play um, uh, boxing. I used to play boxing. Yes, the nerdiest of all PlayStation games. Uh, And you could get a camera version of yourself and I I can only play in the conservatory. And no matter what I did, the lighting always had me as blue. So whenever I had my character made my face, it was just some blue guy. So I just had a hard child left it, child, uh, childhood, didn't you? How loud is how loud is Humphrey? Can you hear him? I know Humphrey. Prove my point. Um, 
Which room? How many rooms has that house got you in? 69. <laughs> they were very specific on it having 69 rooms, the burbs. <laughs> the previous identity. You're at Willie Allen's. <laughs> um, right. Anyway, just have to power through that, won't we? My house, the one that's got no insulation, no absolute soundproofing right. above the pub, to, is actually gonna... proving to be better. Anyway, yeah. let's We're talk about point break. Start, start on point break. I'm not... What's he talking? He's absolutely out of his mind. He's fucking barbie. Let's start without him. We'll just sit here, you and I, the audience. Are we just going to edit that out? No, we're leaving him. So we're we talking edit, about point edit, break. We're obviously going to edit that out of the audio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it works. Okay, point break. Um, funny, <clears throat> I watched Top Fuzz quite recently. Um and it's uh, and you it's mentioned always it. on ITV two. That's why <laughs> ITV two every other week. No, I watched it. Not on that. I don't watch live television. Mm. I swear. You finally caught up with everyone else then. But I do not use iPlayer either. They're after me for not paying my TV license because mm. I don't have one it's and do not need one. You're very much safe. They're not. They're not watching this. They're banging on my door. If you are watching this, BBC, you better pay the fucking subscription. That you have to pay. It's not mental. You have to pay. You literally yeah. just have to pay the money. Insane. Anyway, so the next film and the final film is, is... I've is mentioned po- it twice already. People point listen. Break. Um, point Break, Catherine Bigelow film. Uh, the executive producer was James Executive producer, Cameron James Cameron. So what are the chances that she managed to get this film off? Well, it's not who you know, it's who you big old blow. You want to be in black and white. <laughs> black and white's got to be in you. Got to be in you. Um, and it's one of those where, obviously in Hot Fuzz, they say it's the best film ever. But I'm sure that was drenched in irony because this wasn't good at all from the start. Well, no, it had okay <laughs> no, it moments. Wasn't. It had okay moments. I do love a film, I've said this before and I'll say it again, I do love a film that gets on with it. Mm. Largo, the Largo Entertainment was the uh, production house, and they that Largo means slow, and they got straight on with that film. A little bit of a oxymoron there for oh, those who know people, that they know I, they're Italian. I went to speak well. I went on a rodent control course today, mm-hmm. and um, I, get that rat out of the kitchen. Well, one of the first questions was they put up a picture of the biggest. You are a filthy little rat. <laughs> So they mentioned I was from marketing and I was full of a room with like, as you can imagine what pest controls are like. Do you know what I mean? Like really hot, bodacious so, babes. So they already thought beach bod men. I was some sort of mensa person, right? <laughs> and uh, I said uh, they had like the picture of the, the largest rodents in the world. And they went, "Does anyone know what this is?" And I said, "Capybara." Exactly. They went, oh, that's good. And then uh, they had a. They said that's described- good today. Hundred percent. He was well impressed. He was like, no one had ever said that to him before. Like he didn't know. Like he was actually asking. He's like, does anyone know this? I've asked this for six years. I still fucking know what this is. Anyway, then he said, uh, the field mice or whatever failed the course. Are they like agents who work for him? (laughs) Field mice or whatever. He said um, they uh, are cachet eaters. Something like that. He said cachet Cachet of guns. He says, does anyone know what that means? And I went, well, cachet in French is hidden. So does it have something to do with the fact that they take their food and hide it, save it for later? And again, he was amazed. Then at a later point in the thing, 
someone went, there was like another language up, and someone went, ask the lad that knows French. Right. <laughs> so no French. The reason I know that and the reason I'm bringing it up now is because that's from a film. There's a Richie oh. film, French film, I've been trying to get to watch called Cache, the Michael Haneke film, yeah. which mm-hmm. is the like the thriller from like 2006 or something. And it's amazing. So what I was trying to say is the film knowledge is what got me there. But I mean, I didn't, I didn't correct I thought you were going to tell me you knew it about when you were on your PlayStation playing Hitman, you get a cachet of weapons, which is obviously... I've been a lot of Hitman 3 at the moment. I bought myself it the other week. Okay. So, so... Time in your hands, have you? Maybe you should spend it with your girlfriend and then you can come and see me more. So, point break. Get of my chest. Uh, so I do like a film that gets on with it. Yes. And it certainly was high octane, I think mm. was the word I settled on. That was Full on might be another for. one. Gary Busey's in this film. <laughs> <laughs> we're not sure if I think he was hired army and off of the wall is just it's a bit mental isn't it he's just absolutely insane he's i tell you what he's watchable though mm. and when he actually starts to be he's, don't say act it's <laughs> well it's very much that sort of 90s office you can hear the force copier go in it was like a city slicker do you know what i mean that sort of vibe but everyone's like trying to get on the new guy he thinks they always think he's too green you're like what are you doing hot shot and that sort of shit yeah and gary right. starts off as that um but he's like the one he's the mental one that no one would hang out with do you know what i mean like all the other one would be like a collegiate of like twat if we were in that office we would idolize him we would want to we, be on every we would case just film him yes <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he starts to get excited basically there's a bunch of bank robberies that happen over the summer and they, Gary Busey sort of has a very, actually fantastic bit of investigation skills, works out their surfers. It was very good. It, yeah, but I mean, I don't think, I think we should avoid, we should call him by his film name, <laughs> Angelo, rather than Gary Busey himself. Why, sorry. Did he like, think it was like why, a documentary? Sorry. Like, he was actually like, like it's the work first, experience with the FBI. Like it's the first, I sold it, guys. Like it's the first time we've never used a character name. We've never ever used a fucking character name. But he's called Angelo. Sorry, I was about to say in two years of the show. Just because the show has been going for two years, (laughs) we've only put like four episodes. In all of the six years of this year, that voice again. (sighs) Have you done the voice? I'm faint from work a couple of times, but nowhere near as much as you. Um, Keanu Reeves is in this film. Now, Keanu Reeves... Which you think... I'm just going to pull you up on this. You don't think he's... A good actor at all. Correct. No. Uh, a good guy. What? You didn't like him. He's no Woody Allen. You can see... but he's, I'm sure he's got a few skeletons. <laughs> it, but he's not that bad. I like him. I think he's fun. He's good. He's fine. So, my thing with... He, I've, seen him, I've seen him be good in one film. He was in My Private Idaho. It's very Matrix good. He's pretty good. But that is... <laughs> Keanu, we're about to say action. Can you just put that down, down please? That's how Dread moved. <laughs> that guy in Dread. <gasps> I forgot we watched Dread. <laughs> Fucking shocker. Uh, but anyway, that's a really off-kilter film, my own private idol. What, Dread? So, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but do you not feel like when he's acting, he's portraying the person that Christian Bale was trying to portray in American Psycho? <laughs> it's a bit like, like that. So I didn't get that. It's awful. Yeah. Oh, I didn't it's just crap. It. I liked it. Screaming. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. Are we, are we stroke, what a stroke as fast. 
Yeah, they can't even finish an episode with that. Um, right. What happens in this film? I tell you what's quite fun. It's Basically, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, the Keanu Reeves is goes undercover and has to learn to surf to discover who the so that he can infiltrate the surfing community yes. because Gary Busey, aka Angelo, or Angelo, aka Gary Busey, has deduced Gary that the Angelo surfers, Busey. <laughs> have deduced that the surfers are um, no, the robbers are surfers. I'll give the two pieces of evidence he uses: one with a bit of mud that has some sand in it and some surfer wax, and yeah. two, a black and white photograph which of a zoomed-in arse from the bank that apparently clearly shows a tan line. Yeah, the camera that is set up on Crock Zoom. of mode. shit. <laughs> no, I mean, it also has that it hits the, it's the summer. Then we have it was Woody Allen, the, the bank manager. <laughs> <laughs> what, because the camera was only pointing at the groins? <laughs> um, or... or it was yeah. a bank populated by midgets normally. What I was going to say is the bank robbery itself, everyone, they're all wearing president's uh, masks like Nixon and Reagan and stuff. And that was quite funny. Name another. And didn't one of them have Jimmy Carter on? And wasn't the first Bush they've won? WH Bush. Not the, not the new boy. Is he new? New were. Um... And so what we said about that was it felt well, it felt alive. That bank mm. felt really uh, sort that of was kinetic good. and visceral. And um, we felt and Gary Busey came back on the screen. It was a bit of a precursor <laughs> for. It's a bit of a he, he was alive. Oh my goodness! It's a bit of a precursor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely wired for sound. Quite literally saw the amphetamines <laughs> around his nose. I think in <laughs> one scene. Uh, did we actually get through his Wikipedia page? I was dying to get through it because I'm sure he's got mm. some bizarre stories. Have no, I wanted to comments on this film about Gary Busey. Yeah, we should watch in next week's episode, 2005 Gingerbread. It looks like some sort of horror slasher with Gary Busey in. <laughs> I'm, I'm there for that. In 1997, Busey underwent successful surgery. Successful, or oh, to me, a cancerous prom-sized tune. It's not really <laughs> an area for comedy, that is it. Oh. The growth was found sure after not. Busey began suffering from nosebleeds. I think you also get nosebleeds when you absolutely destroy the inner of your nostril with cocaine, Gary Busey. I think both of them are... Uh... Is he like one of those people? You know, some people uh, live their lives as single names. Sure, Madonna, Adele. Gary Busey always is Gary Busey. During the filming of the second season of Celebrity Rehab... <laughs> yes, he went on that. Um Oh, no, this is just talking about his mental illness. Right, let's not go down that at all. Oh, Beauty has a pet parakeet called Pee-wee. <laughs> <laughs> love, love. That's where that I know him from. Did you sell him a parakeet? <laughs> Why is there... Uh, that's annoying. I think he's not in it. We'll have to go into his film list. Yeah, okay, right. This is very much hurtling to a stop now. Uh, Gingerbread Man, look at it. You can't, nobody can. 2005 horror comedy. A witch cooks up trouble when she revives her dead serial killer son as a giant psychopathic gingerbread man intent on killing the girl who had him executed. I like it. That sounds good. Um, so I think Gary Busey plays the gingerbread man. I'm starting to see, Dan. <laughs> I'm starting to see why we edited this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Uh, Dan, would you he watch... Is. He is the gingerbread man. 
We're watching well, it. Obviously, the gingerbread. Sorry, how did you read that and not work out he was going to be the fucking gingerbread man? Of course, he is. Well, he, he might have been a. Uh, now, what was he called? This is not going to be in... worth the payoff. No, it is. You'll like oh, it. Oh, uh, in Shrek. No. The, the um, big guy, Mumbo, whatever he's called. Mumbo. Mumbo. Be good. No, I was talking about one of the first films we watched, which was called Dead Con, and yeah. Thingy Bob was in it. Yeah, I always mentioned his Who, name earlier, but I couldn't remember it. I said I was mentioning we should have interviews on this show, and I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, him. Dominic Burgess. Burgess. He could be a person like that. Steals the show from the sidelines. There's no way if there's a straight to DVD slasher film for the mid-noughties and Gary Buse is in it, that he's not fucking lead. What are you talking about? Like he's going to sit in the background and talk quietly. What? Talk quietly? Can you speak <laughs> up, Gary, please? Oh. How did I get a job deleting? Okay, Dad, would you watch that film? Not like Gingerbread Man, I'm talking about Point Break. Would you watch Point Break? Uh, yes. Do you reckon it's one of those films where you get halfway through it? Keep touching my temples and you know, <laughs> I might fucking Sherlock or some shit. I need to stop doing that. Mind powers and <laughs> cheese grommet. You know, half of this film, you're going to get why it's called Point Break. You're like, oh, that's why it's called Point Break. Do you know what I mean? Or they say the name of the film, like Family Guy. No, I'm about to say stop doing Family Guy jokes. You know, what? Stop doing it. We're going to get sued. <laughs> The voice is our version of like a fucking demented Stewie. <laughs> what do you mean? I tell you, it's nothing to do with Stewie. Um, okay, Dan, well, that was that. I would this. watch out of the three. I'm most excited to watch A Rainy Day in New York. What's the shortest? 1917. <laughs> There's no way is that going to be the shortest. Uh, well, we have to decide. Take my word one. for it. So let's not watch 1917. She watched it, and now we don't want to watch it. Not us. Uh, film podcast. <laughs> Rain Day You've seen New Moonlight, York. haven't you? Should we not watch Point Break? It's a classic and we both haven't seen it. We need to watch that film. Shall we watch both? Mm, I'm not watching both. Okay, we, let's watch we'll Rainy Day. Uh, you can watch both. Point Break. No, let's watch Point Break. Rain Day in New York is going to have more things to talk about. It's going to be a classic Point Break. And we just we shouldn't leave this argument to off air. Yeah, we'll watch Point Break. Yes, very much like we left the me leaving the room for 90 seconds off there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, glad that, that now good. you've finally got, you've been coming with a stickler for the logistics and the admin. Um, Sandra, I'm moving your schedule to Wednesday. Um, before we go. I'm not even typing anything. There's no keyboard here. I want to end on. I'm a... on my own in my flat. I want to end on a high, Dan. <laughs> I want to end on a high. Um, yeah. James Bond's coming out. Relatively it soon. is. No time to die. What do you think? Are you excited about it? I am. Long overdue. Do you hold up to the criticism that uh, delaying it destroyed cinema last year? Nah. Cool. Neither do I. Never. A lot of people did. Where's Anderson's film was going to come out 18 months ago. That's Ooh. Dead on by, that, rewatched Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh. Better than I give it credit for. As regular listeners will know... That's my favorite film. Mm-hmm. Better than you it's thought. Not mine. Why? What did you? That'd be weird I think I hated it because you loved it, but it was all right. It's quite a horrible thing. Yeah, I hate the Revenant. Give him a few slams. <laughs> a few like slams. 
Are your kids well behaved? Or do they need like a few light slams? <laughs> I'm sorry, the provision has been filled. Stands are filled. This is now fine. Right. And Whaler, get back in yourself. Hello. I haven't seen it since I was like 12. I've got can't remember anything about it apart from the quick change bit. Doing for the kill. Hello. Unify don't fight here. I'm a wee bop granny who can hip hop, bebop, bop till they drop, and yo yo with a wee cup of cool cool. Um, that sounds just like Pat Nevin. I wonder who Pat Nevin is, but he's a footballer. He's going for Chelsea Everton. Right. Speaks Dan. like that. <laughs> that is just like, he's like I the shoot room. the ghouls. I've got Stewie. Yeah, I have not. <laughs> okay, Dan, we'll be back next week. That was a fucking shambles. <laughs> I, no, I think it was telling two hours. I think your end was, was a little bit ropey. Anyway, uh, see you all next week. See you later. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a The Rest Is Noise production. For sales and advertising, please email therestisnoise.uk at gmail.com. For more episodes and to keep up to date, follow The Rest Is Noise on Twitter.